Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we've got Rob Morris, who's going to join us coming up at 530. We'll ask him about the current status of BYU football, what he sees going forward. Maybe we'll get into uh, what we talked to Chris Camerani about a little bit, um, you know, the possible detrimental effects of football down the road and uh, treatments and things that are out there. So we'll get to Rob, uh, get to that with Rob coming up at 530, so stay tuned. Talking a little basketball here, Gordon, and uh, we can get into the finals and some rumors out there with uh, with Kawhi Leonard, but I did want to mention this. Uh, the National Basketball Coaches Association presents the 2019 Chuck Daly Lifetime Achievement Award to none other than Frank Layden. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. Frank is uh, he's a treasure. That's a, that's a really great honor uh, for him, and I know that uh, I know that Frank's uh, number number one is in the rafters. And but do you think that your overall Jazz fan loses touch with the appreciation or or the credit that he deserves for building what has become your modern day Utah Jazz? That's a hard thing for me to answer because I, I it's almost inconceivable to think of the Jazz without thinking about Frank Lade. But whether that's the way, say, a newcomer, uh, a newcomer to the fan base would feel, uh, probably a lack of appreciation there because they weren't around for that. Well, and when he was running the show, and don't forget that at various times he's been president, general manager, and head coach of the Utah Jazz, and some of those those times, Gordon, where it was it was touch and go. I mean, we give. Um, Larry Miller, as we should, a lot of credit for having the vision to buy the franchise from Sam Battistone and and to support it financially and to build the building that that we currently sit in. But it was Frank who largely built the product to go into that building. And I think without the success that that Frank built, it would have been tough to achieve what has been achieved by the franchise thus far. I mean, Gordon, the franchise now is worth somewhere in the neighborhood of a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing when yeah. you think about it. And if they didn't have the the success there in the 80s and, and culminating, obviously, with Frank hiring Jerry right. and going into the 90s, you know, it, it, who knows what the future of the franchise would be. But, but Frank, it was the brain trust in building – Almost, you know, everything from that era. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, uh, you know, second to, to well, the, the franchise wouldn't have come here without Sam Bathestone and wouldn't have stayed here without Larry and Gail. Uh, and, and, and Frank is in that, uh, in the, those paragraphs. Well, he was the basketball guy. What's the old joke? Uh, someone came up to him and said, what, uh, what time's the game start tonight? And Frank said, what time can you be there? <laughs> Uh, uh, Frank made a number of comments uh, about receiving this honor, but this was, uh, I thought, pretty appropriate. He said, quote, I don't really believe I deserve this award, but having come from Brooklyn and having reached a high level level of mediocrity in the coaching profession, <laughs> on behalf of all the C students in the world, I'm going to take it anyway, unquote. <laughs> okay. He's not going to give it back. Uh, good for him. That's terrific. Yeah, he uh, – do, do you guys remember or did you ever see the – 
film of Frank on the sideline when Morgana, the kissing band, uh-huh. came out and yep. gave him a big old. So speaking of kissing, and who did kiss, Austin? Morgana came running across the court and gave him a big old smooch on the lips. And I'd never seen an NBA coach do what he did after that uh, before Frank. He fell to the floor and laid there on, a, on his back like he was doing snow angels or something. Never seen that out of an NBA coach. No. Frank said he looked across the room and he thought a, a bag of basketballs was running toward him, if I remember his quote correctly. <laughs> Thank you for remembering it at all. <laughs> Appreciate that, Gordon. Is that inappropriate? Uh, uh, but anyway, congratulations to to Frank Layden, oh, yeah, a great friend funny, of the station. Funny man, but uh, in my time, just having a chance to sit down and talk with him, both as a part of our radio station and uh, in private for for print interviews, uh, a couple things stand out to me. One is he he has uttered some of the greatest quotes in the history of sports, including his great quote about Jerry Sloan, which I've repeated many times on this air. But he comes up with some gems. When he was invited to speak to the law school at either Harvard or Yale, I forget which one it was, uh, somebody asked him how it wo- how it went, and he said, it was horrible. I was the dumbest one in the room, and everybody knew it. <laughs> it just, that's classic, Frank. It's just a funny, a funny man, but when you get him alone in an interview or in a quiet moment and you talk to him, he's like a lot of funny men, very serious. Very serious about important things uh, having to do with with uh, this existence on this planet. Uh, feel strongly about certain things, and uh, is don't you find that interesting? That funny people have this side to them that is deathly serious. I think you see it a lot, right? Yeah. Certainly in the case of Frank. Well, and I don't think you have the success that uh, that he has without having that serious side, I'm sure. Right. You have to I think you have to have charisma uh, to a certain extent to to succeed in in various things. But you've also got to be you've got to know what you're doing and you've got to be able to talk to people and communicate your message in whatever way necessary to do it and Mm. some people respond differently you know we've all heard the other side of of frank Layden and what happens when you uh, when you get on his bad side or Mm -hmm. you know adrian dantley of course we've all heard about the the behind the scenes going on goings on with those two so the pieces of silver yeah that's uh, of course the the legend yeah yeah so congratulations frank that's terrific hey i just saw something online that lists the 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 best high school, the best sports high school for each state. What do you think was, and I don't know who put this thing together. It was one of those things you see online. Who do you, who do you think, what high school would be picked as Utah's best sports high school? Currently or overall? Over, I guess this was overall. I, this is dated uh, May 7th, 2019. Well, I mean, currently, uh, the uh, my answer wouldn't be Skyline, but uh, throughout history, obviously Skyline. <laughs> Spoken like a true eagle. Well, nobody has more football titles, right? Uh, well, they, they listed Highland High School as the number one sports high school in the state of Utah. And you know why? Because the Lodi Nada went there? Because of rugby. Oh, yeah, they do have an historic rugby uh, program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
What was the name Makes of that? Like the movie Forever Strong. And what was the name of that? Uh, Gelwicks, right? Yeah, Larry Gelwicks, the legendary coach that coached uh-huh. there forever. Yeah. Is it still that way? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I thought that was interesting. I was expecting maybe Bingham or maybe uh, one of the Utah County schools or uh, maybe Skyline. You know, traditionally speaking. Didn't Logan Tom also go to Highland? Yeah, yeah, she did. As did uh, who else is who else is a is a Ram? My lovely wife. Is she? Yeah, she is. Huh. Well then, all right then. But I I don't know of any other high school uh, athletic program out there that has a, a legendary program like like Highland Rugby. That's legit. I mean, they were the best rugby program in the in the entire country for a long long time. I'm not sure if they still are, but yeah, I could see that. It was a stadium talk, uh, and it was the best high schools for sports in every state. They list Highland for the state of Utah. So all you folks out there, Morgan Scally's a Highland Ram, isn't yep, he? Yep, that's true. Uh, Gordon, one thing that's looming over these finals, and I just want a quick opinion from you, and we'll get to uh, Rob Morris coming up here at 530 and talk a little BYU football with the legend himself. Uh, but there are conflicting reports out there about uh, Kawhi Leonard today. And, of course, this is something looming over the the finals, what mm-hmm. happens with Kawhi, win, lose, or draw uh, next year, whether he leaves in free agency and it all pays off for Toronto or, or what happens. Well, Ramona Shelbourne of ESPN has uh, said on a, on a podcast that she's hearing that it's L.A. or bust and that all this stuff in Toronto is all nice, but he's made no secret of the fact that he wants to be in Southern California, and that dates back to even before he got into his little tiff with the San Antonio Spurs. As a Clipper? Um, she didn't specify Clipper. She just said L.A. Um, now, Henry Abbott of True Hoop is reporting uh, that he's hearing uh, from, let's see here, uh, sources associated with players in the league, but not the team itself, that Kawhi would return to Toronto on at least a short-term deal. And then uh, in Toronto uh, radio land, a Toronto sports radio host on uh, 1050 says uh, that uh, they've heard, heard that Kawhi has purchased a property in Toronto. So I guess, Gordon, uh, these rumors are kind of fun to follow sometimes, and, and who really knows. But what do you hope happens? What do you hope happens with Kawhi? I think it would be nice to see Toronto keep him because they're the ones who took the risk. They're the ones who believed in him. And uh, the, and Toronto has done things to try to make the team as good as it can be for uh, Kawhi. Uh, I think they deserve him. Do you... Okay, so I, I have a couple of thoughts. Deserves got nothing to do with it. No, that's true. So do you think he should feel obligated? Uh, <laughs> obligated is a tough word because I think if he's going to feel obligated to anyone, it should have been the Spurs. Right. But as you say, Toronto invested a lot in him. They've hired some of his buddies. They uh, they traded a franchise player, or you know, was one of their cornerstones, Demar Derozan, to get to get him. They took a risk, as you say. The fans have been extraordinarily devoted to him and this team. Yeah, I mean, I like it when players stay with the team that that initially showed belief in him. I would. I mean, that otherwise you'd be saying. Well, where do you think uh, Gordon Hayward should uh, feel obligated to play? Right. Boston? Really? Well, he showed great belief in Brad Stevens. Uh, and then you got all these jazz fans here saying, hold on a second here. 
where was he when he elevated his game to the place where it, it, it was at its peak? Right here. Now, I totally agree with you. But as you uh, talked about earlier in the show, Toronto looks like a good team. I'm not so sure they're a great team. The, the Warriors are a little bit compromised. Toronto actually doesn't have a whole lot of room to get better, at least not next year. Uh, Pascal Siakam, I think, is going to get better, and he needs to get more consistent, and I think that can happen. But Kyle Lowry is a year older, uh, and they don't have really the salary flexibility to do a whole lot, especially if they re-sign uh, Kawhi Leonard. Well, it sounds like it's not, he's not really basing it on that, if you're going to believe some of these reports. Right. But that would be what keeps him in Toronto, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I imagine. The opportunity to win. Oh, I think it's the fact that every restaurant in town has offered him food for free for the rest of his life if he stays. Well, and didn't that uh, zillionaire offer to buy his or, or pay his rent in the penthouse <laughs> yeah. apartment in downtown <laughs> that's Toronto? That's right, that's right. So why is he buying a house? He's got a free penthouse. What's he <laughs> yeah, doing? that makes no sense. Come on, Kawhi. What are you doing? Uh, but uh, Serge Ibaka has a big contract that nobody's going to take, and I think it expires after next year, as does Kyle Lowry. So I, I wonder if he's looking at his basketball future, if if they don't win it this year, if Toronto is, is where he feels like he has his best chance to win. Come on back out west, Kawhi, where real basketball is played. We'll see how it goes for you. But if you're not going to win anyway, you might as well live where you want to live, right? Yeah, yeah. You could say it that way. And do you hold it against somebody going home? Yeah, sure. I can hold something against anybody for anything. <laughs> but, I mean, if all, if all, for all the reasons, for all the reasons to go somewhere, doesn't that one make you feel better than any other? I think it's more relatable. Yeah, for, for your average fan. Yeah. But I, I've told you this. I, I'd prefer that the athlete be greedy. Take the money. Yeah, because then, then the uh, the way the CBA was written works in favor of uh, the way it was supposed to, right? Right. As opposed to all these, hey, what do you say the three of us get together in such and such a place and kick everybody's butt? We want a little old-fashioned greed. <laughs> I don't care where you were born. Can we give you more money than they can? Great. Welcome back. <laughs> I got. I, I'm okay, though, with guys going home. I, I understand it. And uh, I mean, but I do like to see guys stay where they were made great or where they became great because they had a lot of help getting there. Want to remind you about our good friends at Zero Res. Spring cleaning is here. It's way easier when you call Zero Res. Schedule your carpet cleaning today and get your fourth room clean for free. Minimum supply schedule with Zero Res today. Rob Morris, the BYU great, joins us straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse. To let you go If I have to beg Plead for your sympathy I don't mind Cause you mean that much to me Ain't too proud to beg And you know it Please don't leave me girl But if I have to cry to keep you, I don't mind weeping if it'll keep you by my side. Ain't you proud of me, sweet darling? Big Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you about Win Ticket Wednesday uh, this week, beginning June 4th. Come out and play. 
uh, and enjoy a Salt Lake Bees game in the new Ford Zone. The Ford Zone gets you a ticket on the berm and all-you-can-eat hot dog, soda, popcorn, nachos, and churros from the left field concession stand. Tickets are just 25 bucks and are available all season long. Ford Zone tickets can be purchased at the ballpark box office or at uh, saltlakebees.com food fun fans and Ford brought to you by your local Ford stores and of course you can win some of those coming up on Wednesday joining us now BYU legend the one and only Rob Morris Rob how's it going man thanks for jumping on you bet I'm doing good how are you guys doing we're doing uh, we're doing great we're excited for uh, for football to begin it's only I guess a couple short months away but uh, what was the offseason like for you as a as a player is it just all work getting ready for the next uh, next season or even as a college player do you allow yourself to, to get a few moments to relax yeah I think a lot of it depends on how deep you go into the playoffs you know I was I was blessed to play in the playoffs I think six or seven out of my eight years and we went deep a couple of times so when you go deep in the playoffs, you know, you win a Super Bowl, you take a little bit more time off, but but then it's right back at it. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough that the, the Colts organization let me train down here at Provo at BYU, so I always got to come back to what I consider home to train. But it's pretty much nonstop year-round. You, you get a few weeks off here and there, but other than that, it's a grind. It, does, it never leaves you, does it, does it, Rob? Because you're sitting there, you know what you're going to face the next time around. You've been through it. And so you're working your butt off because you know that everybody else is working hard, too, and you don't want anybody to pass you up. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that and the fact that they're trying to replace you with a younger, cheaper model every single year is uh, a little bit of incentive to work hard. So, yeah, you got. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a big boys league, and if you're not ready to go, someone else will be. What's the line between that experience, the value of that experience, versus the younger, cheaper guy? Oh, I, I think it's huge. I think that's the reason why my career lasts. I mean, I had some some devastating injuries early on and and uh and i think i lost a step early in my career and um you know I, I think that experience knowing what to expect knowing how long training camp is understanding the playbook understanding the expectations of the organization i think that's that's what gives veterans a, a little leg up on these young guys Rob Morris with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Rob, switching over to BYU. Over the past couple of years, it's certainly been uh, a growing process, obviously bottoming out a couple of years ago with that four-win season. But last year, I think, gave a lot of BYU fans some some hope, seeing what Zach Wilson was able to do and seeing maybe some of that growth under Kalani paying off. Keeping in mind that the beginning of this year's schedule is is brutally difficult, what do you expect to see this year from the Cougs? Do you expect to see monumental growth? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think they got the right coaching staff. Um, I think what you need to win games when you're BYU is you need a really good defense and you need a dynamic uh, playmaker on offense, usually a running back or um, really the ultimate goal is to have a dynamic quarterback. And I think they've got one. I haven't seen a lot of them, but, you know, he seems to play with a little chip on his shoulder. He's a little bit fearless. So I think you have a recipe to, to go in and upset some of these teams early on. And Rob, do we have you? We lost you for a second. No, I'm still here. You, okay. you got me? Yeah, we got you now. Uh, Rob, What? looking back on your years being coached by Lavelle Edwards, what? will you explain his success? What made him such a good coach? Man, that's a good question. I think 
I think it's a lot of the same stuff that made Tony Dungy a good coach, is that the players wanted to play hard for him. They wanted to succeed for him. It was kind of like you had this father figure and you didn't want to let him down. And so I think he got the best out of his players. I think he knew he had a – I mean, I'm a great example of it. He had a knack to know where guys could play, where they would fit best. And, um, you know, I think, I think that's what made him good. That's what made Tony Dungy good, too. Everybody at that level is good at the X's and O's, and, but it's the guys that can get the most out of the players that have the most success. Rob, I'm sure we've asked you about this a number of times in the past, but what are your overall thoughts in, on BYU being an independent team and being independent going forward? I don't know. I go back and forth. I know it's exciting for the fans to play um, the teams that the BYU's been playing, but I don't know. I, I, there's a part of me that's kind of like, why don't we just get back into a conference and just beat everybody up like we used to, and then we can throw a few tough teams on the schedule and see if we can, we can win some of those. I I understand the concept of, of what what BYU's trying to do with independence. Um, I, I just... I'm not convinced that we can get the talent level at this point to match up with, you know, on a, on a week-in and a week-out basis with a lot of those teams. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people that would disagree with me. So, I don't know. I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I, I think the fans kind of liked it when we were, you know, winning 10 games every year, too. So, I don't know. It's a tough call. As you reflect back, Rob, on your time at, in, in college and then your time in the in the NFL, how do those two things compare? Because if, if memory serves, I remember you talking to us about, about, man, what a business it is in pro football. And in college, you tried to make it as fun as you could, even though after a while I think you sort of got tired of that environment too, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, that's it, Gordon. It's... If I had to sum it up, I would just say college is fun, and the NFL is, is like a job. You have some good days, some bad days. I mean, part of why college is so fun is because you're this, you're a big fish in a small pond, and I was, you know, I felt like I was the best player on the team. And then you go to you go to an audition that has man Marvin Harrison and Edger and James, and you know, future Hall of Famers already, and. And you're just, you know, fighting to keep your head above water, and it becomes more of a business. You, you got to look out for yourself. You got to, you try to put food on the table for your family, and and put as much away as you can. So, I think there's a lot more to think about in the NFL than when in college you're just trying to impress, you know, the girl in your biology class or whatever. <laughs> Rob Morris with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Rob, you mentioned you think BYU has the right coaching staff in place. What uh, what features or what characteristics about Kalani Sataki uh, do you like and do you think make him effective as BYU's coach? Yeah, you know, I hate the term player's coach because I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> I, think Kalani would fit, I think Kalani would fit into that category. I think what it means is players want to come play for a guy like Kalani because he's got passion, um, you know, he's got energy, he cares about the university, he cares about the kids, he's got a little, uh, I don't want to get anyone into trouble, but he's got a little Rob Morris in him, and I think, uh, you know, I'm biased because Kalani's one of my best buddies, but, you know, there's there's a little bit of crazy up there, and I think that players like that, I think they want a guy that loses his mind every once in a while, and I think Kalani has a little bit of that. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to play for a guy like that, a tough hard-nosed guy that you know cares about your best interests and cares about you and your family. 
What would happen if Rob Morris were a coach at BYU? How'd that go, Rob? Oh, I'd be terrible. I'd be a terrible <laughs> coach. Why do you say? I, that? I don't know, man. I was never, I was never a football junkie. I think you got to be a football junkie. You got to love X's and O's. And I mean, I tried it out for one year, and I, and it only took me one year to realize that this is not for me. Give us a word or two that would best sum up Hans Olsen as a teammate. <laughs> Are we on a delay? Is there like a 10-second delay? Do we beep or does it have to be clean? <laughs> well, let's look uh, over across the uh, the glass to Austin. You got your Austin, hand on the dump button there, we, uh We do have some yeah. delay built up, so. No, no. Um, a couple of, I don't know. I don't know if you can describe a guy like Hans in two words. Uh, maybe three words. Piece of work. How about that? <laughs> yeah, okay. He that, still is. That, he, that, he still that, that is. works perfectly, yeah. <laughs> Rob. Um, what do never Rob, what do you uh, what do you think of uh, BYU and some of the things that have been going on lately with the program? You know, Luke Staley came out and said that he was considering having his number and name removed from the stadium because of the honor the way the honor code is enforced, not the honor code itself. I thought that was a bold statement. He told he said that to me, Rob, and I wrote it. And I thought, here's a guy who is passionate. He lo- he loves BYU, but he cares about some of these other issues. And it seemed to me like when you were at BYU, and then all the years after, you were kind of a deep thinker as well. Did you hear about that? And what did you think of Luke's uh, position? Yeah, I, I've heard a lot about it, and I've kind of followed it, and I've had discussions with a lot of people about it. And- and I certainly respect Luke's opinion. Um, me personally, leave my number up. I, I need maybe it's an ego thing for me, but keep my pictures up and my jersey up and my numbers. Um, but I, I think for me, Gordon, I think that I, I'd love to come at that whole Onico thing from another angle. I, I guess my because I think the you know the rat culture and the the things that we're talking about. I think they've been. We've talked about those a lot. My question would be is, why are we having this conversation 20-some years later than when we were having it um, in 1998? I mean, I was having this same conversation on the radio with people 20 years ago. Why are we still having the conversation about the way the honor code is? I think that's a bigger question um, that that needs to be asked. And and maybe BYU's asked themselves that. It's like, are we... Are we thinking about things progressive enough? Look, it, I get it. It's a it's a private religious institution, and they they can do it the way they want. But you know, but it's also it's also young adults that are doing the best that they can that are going to make mistakes. Um, and so I, I wonder if if they've taken a look at the larger picture of the way it's organized, the way it's set up, who's running it. You know, do we have outside consultants that bring in a different viewpoint than the church's viewpoint? And maybe they don't want that, but maybe that's something that. that they should consider. I, I know when, you know, when I made a stink about it back in '98, I think, um, you know, they sort of, they, they kind of brought a couple of us guys, me, and on board to interview the new head of the student, da da da. And to be honest with you, I think it was a little bit of lipstick on the pig. But I, I think they should seriously look at maybe creating some kind of a, some kind of a board or so, something with some other viewpoints. Um, get some people from other backgrounds and cultures and, and faiths involved in, in helping create some reform. So I think for me, Gordon, that's the real question is, and 20-some years later, we're still talking about the same thing. So when you when you ask the question about why that question is still being asked, it's not so much, uh, 
just give up it's never going to change is it is it more that you're saying continue to push for change to look for uh, to add a little wisdom and common sense to this thing or or what is that what you're thinking well i don't know gordon i i don't want to be look maybe it's bigger than the honor code is all i'm saying maybe we need to look bigger than the honor code and, and think bigger than you know byu from a culture standpoint and Again, look, I know that's tough. I get it. It's a private school, and the values are the values, and I'm not advocating that they change values. Um, but I am advocating that maybe that maybe they need to look at it from another angle instead of – I feel like everything is so reactionary, right? Something happens, we react. Something happens, we react. And I don't think that's unique to the honor code. I think that that happens in the, in the greater – religion itself and and um and i think the church has done some things to to address that but i feel like they're always reactionary and i'd like to see you know perhaps a more proactive approach to to sort of looking at kind of what's going on in the world and in society and in, in our culture and and how do we adjust and you know i think a lot of people would would fire back at me but that's not how it, you know that's not how it works we have our belief system and and i'm i understand that and i get it but yeah, I think there's a time and a place to um, to just open up and maybe see stuff from another angle. You know, Rob, I respect that comment because I remember having deep conversations with you when you were a player at BYU. And I remember thinking to myself, being a little older, on down the line a little bit, thinking there's a young guy who really – sort of gets it. And I'm not saying that you understood everything about life because you were just a kid back then, but but man, you you were you were willing to look at things from a different angle just like you're just saying. And that was evident back then, Rob, and I I I think that it, let me how, how can I say this? I think it was a reflection of you as an individual and I think it was a reflection of the way you played out on the field as well. I I hope that's accurate. So I hope so. I mean, I try to, I try to open up. I think I've, you know, I'm just like everyone else. I get caught in the narrow-mindedness, and, um, and you know, I've, 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 I'm a lot different than I was back in the day. I, I'm not religious anymore. I've kind of that ship has sailed for me. And, um, but I just, I, I feel like there's a lot of amazing people and cultures and religions and just so much stuff going on out there to. I think we're in a, in a period, not not to get overly sort of uh, wishy-washy, but it's what our world needs, man. We need people that are willing to open up and, and look around and challenge sort of the status quo and what's been. Just because that's the way we've always done it, that doesn't mean that's the way we should keep doing it. So, I don't know. Well, Rob, we certainly love having that's you. Probably, that's probably more of an Oprah Winfrey comment than a probably his own comment. <laughs> Let's get Dr. Phil in here. Is he on line three? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it's it's great insight, and I, I think it's a different way of lo- looking at things. And like Gordon said, I think it's all, all really valuable. Rob, remind us what you're up to these days. Well, as, as one does when they win a Super Bowl, they go and work for a cosmetics company. So that's what I'm doing. I'm a vice president at a cosmetics company, and I kind of stumbled onto it. Um, and met, met the guys that own the, that own the place, and we became buddies. And uh, it's been a good opportunity for me. I've really enjoyed it. So I get to travel a lot and and uh, work on the culture and the and the community piece at, at the uh, company, and it's a good deal. 
That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Rob, for coming on, and good luck with everything, man. Thanks, Rob. You bet. Take, take care, guys. Thanks for having me. The great Rob Morris joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I liked his comments about the, the honor code thing. I like people who look at things from a little uh, a little bit of a different perspective, and I, I think he's right a lot of, about a lot of that. Let's, let's examine the basis. Let's examine where this is all coming from. What These are th- new problems, and he's right about that. Yeah, yeah. He was asking the same questions, like you said, twenty years ago. Interesting. Always a thoughtful guy. Uh, what do you think about what he said about maybe it'd be a good idea for BYU to go win a championship in a conference somewhere? I think I think there are a lot of people that that think that way. Mm-hmm. That people were happy winning ten games a year and bringing home titles and things like that, and playing meaningless games against Wisconsin is fun, but. It is it maybe is the other fun. way is fun too. It, it does. It is fun. It was fun when the program was a little better. Yeah. I don't know how fun it is now. They still have their moments. I mean, they beat Wisconsin, and that was a, a tremendous high point for BYU last year, and it marked that they were on their way to turning that thing around in a more positive direction, and so that's good. But when Rob played at BYU, you know, he was on that. Uh, I believe he was on that '96 team. Yeah, that went I think to he the, was. Uh, mm-hmm. Went to the Cotton Bowl, and those were fun times for those players. You mm-hmm. know, they uh, they won a lot of games and stirred up a whole lot of interest in the program by just playing a few of those teams. Well, they beat K State that year, which is a very good football team. They had some good players on that uh, on that outfit as well, and that's interesting what Rob said. He sort of he's not sure what kind of talent BYU can draw right now. Whether they can get enough talent to regularly beat these bigger name schools that they're scheduling now. All right, we'll get to more big show coming up next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Man, the temptations were just amazing, weren't they? Good choice today, Gordon. Put me in a good mood. Good stuff, man. All the way around. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. What's your favorite Motown song? Oh, Motown song, not just... Yeah. It might be a temptation song, actually. I don't know. That. Give that some thought. I love Just My Imagination by the, yeah, by the Temptation. Yeah. I like uh, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. What a great song that is. You throw in all the Aretha Franklin stuff. Oh, yeah, or the, or the Supremes. On a freeway of love. Drop the top, baby. The Happening by the Supremes was, uh, was one of my favorites. Yeah, Motown's great. It's also a great musical if you ever get a chance to see it. Motown yeah. the Musical came through a couple of years ago. Saw School of Rock over the weekend at the old Eccles uh, Theater. How was that? It was really good. Was it? Yeah. The uh, the kids were definitely the star of the show. It's a lot like the movie. They have some more original music. But the the main guitar player kid, and they, by the way, they play all their own instruments in the in the, in the the play. But uh, he's from Utah. Is they, they? Yeah, they said that at the curtain call. Utah zone. So, But does know. he know Andy Ruiz Jr.? I, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> Does he have any Utah ties? Because Kurt Cragthorpe would know, right, Gordon? He would. I guarantee he'd find out. Talking about Andy Ruiz Jr. and Gordon goes, hey, does he have any Utah ties? How are we supposed to know? We just heard of him yesterday. <laughs> are you angling for a column? Is that no, what you're I'm trying just, to I'm do? I'm trying to... I'm, I'm, Yes. First of all, yes. you said that I changed the conversation to I had a speed bag when I was a kid. You did change the conversation. But, but, but 
but now I'm trying to draw more out of you about the story. So don't complain about both ways. You were hoping to get a tweet that here's said Jake. his third uncle is from Sandy. No, here, and you'd be like, Jake. hey, I've got tomorrow's here's column Jake. ready to go. Jake starts the story. You know, over the weekend, first of all, we don't get into boxing much. But over the weekend, I'm sitting going, what are we talking about? This is the story of the of the year. And you should have known that as I was setting you it up. You were sure taking your time getting there. I mean, I, 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 I thought you were going to say, if you had said, Andy Ruiz, a 380-pound sort of bag of flab. He's not 380 pounds. What is he? He's like, it's like 285 or something. Well, you got to admit. A bag of flab. Bag of flab. <laughs> and, and all I got out, by the way, was two sentences. We don't usually talk about boxing. Not as big in this generation. Well, over the weekend, and then Gordon hit the brakes. Well, I had a speed bag growing up. I know we don't talk a lot of boxing on this show, but over the weekend, I had a speed bag when I was a kid. It was just a. It was just a on the way to the uh, the payoff comment. I wasn't trying to say, "Hey, hold everything." Stop everything. So Jake needs pronouncement music, is what you're saying, before he comes at <laughs> no, you with a story. No, he, Jake, he, make he, sure he knows that it's important he before took, he, he took, you he, bring he, it no, up. No, he took his time getting there, and all I said is I had a speed bag. Now continue on, please. You were launching into an no, anecdote. No, yes, I yes, No, I wasn't. Yes, you you, you said were. we don't talk boxing Austin? much, and I was trying oh. to show you that I did care about boxing. No so, one believes him right now. He was nobody. totally diving right into an anecdote. <laughs> we, were going, we were going back to Gordon's childhood. He went down the road of have you ever boxed? Have you ever been taped up? Have you seen boxing gloves? Because I have. We hadn't even gotten into the story. Usually you at least let me get into the story before you derail us to make it about you. Couldn't even hold off from doing his terrible such, uh, Rocky such, impression. Such BS. We hadn't even this, mentioned Andy Ruiz Jr. yet. that you're carrying on here. Jake had a beautiful tease going <laughs> to the did. break before the segment. Yeah, but then when he started, all I was saying was You didn't okay, let him start. Uh, all I wanted him to say was this is a great story what happened did you see what happened with Andy the, the bag of flab Ruiz he kicked the living daylights out of this this Greek god in the ring Speed bag when I was a kid was was I bringing it up then of course it was a great story <laughs> you should just assume that when I bring up stories on this show uh, so while we're young over I had a speed bag when I was a kid <laughs> stay tuned it's the big show more next 97.5 and 1280 the zone <laughs> this is DJ and PK I turn my preaching responsibilities over to Reverend Kenahan. Amen. Reverend Kenahan. I've heard you called a lot of things, but never Reverend Kenahan. Hey, I am an unordained minister. Ministering to the masses weekdays from 6 to 10. I don't need to be ordained. My ministry speaks for itself. You are so full of it, it's spectacular. I enjoy that. Nope, no. Nope. Reverend Kenahan. You speak the truth as you see it and you get blasted for it. So be it. I'm content. My maker is satisfied with me. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Wrapping up a big show on a Monday, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, it's it's been good to have you back in the saddle today. You never know what's coming when Gordon's sitting across. Good to be here, Jake. We've had a lot of fun today, as it should be. It and seems- it's as it always is, almost always. We've probably had a show in there somewhere where Austin made us miserable during it. Right, know, but... but- Usually. Doesn't happen very often. No, I've got to admit, you've come back from your erotic vacation uh, (laughs) seemingly in a good mood. Exotic. Should we be surprised? Put an X in there, not an R. I'm quoting Bowler. He said erotic. But he misspoke and he corrected himself. Didn't he? Or was it he told the truth and then, you know. <laughs> Austin, he corrected himself, right? I'm, I'm almost certain. I'll let Bowler speak for himself tomorrow. <laughs> I think he he corrected himself. How was it? Did you have a good time? It was, well. Uh... Jake and I are having a good time filling in for Gordon, who's off somewhere uh, on a cruise or some sort of uh, an erotic uh, <laughs> vacation. <laughs> Uh, wait a minute. Don't stop there. No, we're almost out of time. Here, so. <laughs> he corrected it. He said, I mean, exotic. So That's what he meant. Chester but, was uh, around oh, all weekend. Exotic. Huh? Exotic. Sorry. Exotic. exotic. Sorry about that, Austin. <laughs> Sorry about that, Austin. <laughs> uh, see, I, Gordon, I go on exotic vacations, not Chester. <laughs> Chester, on the other hand. He puts the R back in exotic. Austin, have you ever seen the movie Me, Myself, and Irene? Yes. <laughs> you mean the Gordon Monson biopic? Yeah. I, I picture it. the Hank character in that movie as as Chester Shadows, don't you? Oh, okay. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> no? Yeah. No, you know that, no, he matches Chester very well. That that scene where uh, uh, I can't remember what the normal Jim Carrey character's name was. Uh, Hank was the alter ego, but where where Jim Carrey's talking and then it flashes to Renee Zellweger and she's driving or something and then the camera pans back to Jim Carrey who's now in the Hank character and he's got the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> that's Chester. And he's he's staring at her. So he was the bad boy. And that's I can't describe the Just rest of creep. the rest of that scene, but yeah. Like he should be locked up. <laughs> I never saw that. So he may have just insulted Chester, but uh, I don't. I don't know because I didn't see. Or, or where where he goes into the trunk to get the provisions that they packed, and we don't need to describe the provisions, but there were like two things, and let me say they were they were for. Uh, it's what Chester would pack for love. Yeah, yeah, and I, I could see <laughs> I could see Lisa it's for erotic vacation. Yeah, looking into the back of their car and and saying, Gordon, you let Chester pack, didn't you? That happened. <laughs> you need. You've never seen me, myself, and Irene. Uh-uh. Oh no. man, you should see it. It's it's a hilarious movie. It's not about you, so you may not f- f- hold oh, your interest. Oh, come on, now you're taking it too it, far. It's not about a young boy in his speed bag. <laughs> I'm sorry, I took it too far. <laughs> you did. How? <laughs> you remember the not sports report today? <laughs> or our three fifty segment when I said over the weekend there was a boxing match. <laughs> when I ever tell you about that I had a speed bag as a kid. Wait, I what? know we don't talk a lot of boxing on this show, but over the weekend I had a speed bag when I was a kid. Doesn't PK do this to DJ too? He, he always gives him the business about telling stories about himself or whatever. I've never heard PK do that once. Well, maybe he told me that in private. Well, now you're throwing DJ under the bus? I'm kidding. Both of them under the bus, really. Just deflecting by tearing (laughs) other people down? Is that what's going on? Well, you said you're tearing me down the whole show. That's not true. We kid.
All right. We're glad you're back, Gordon. It's good been to good. be back. Yeah, it's been good to We've see you. We've had a lot of fun. All right. We want to say a uh, big thanks uh, to Rob Morris for jumping on with us. He was great today, as usual. Chris Camrani was on with us. He was very good. Uh, make sure to check out his work at sltrib.com. Thanks to Austin for doing his fine, uh, normal fine work. Uh, we appreciate Austin, the executive producer of The Big Show. Thank you, Gordon. It's good to see you. Uh, good to be back, fellas. And uh, thanks to all our listeners because we couldn't do it without them. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.